Hi everyone, welcome to the Restoring Rapport podcast. My name is Seth Hensley and this is a show dedicated to young believers pursuing the goal of healthy marriage and family. You know, we live in a world where getting married and starting a family is far too often postponed for longer than God designed and pushed to the back burner in favor of less important things. But the good news is that it doesn't have to stay this way. As young believers, we have the choice to prioritize what matters most in our lives every day and to live face to face with God and others. Every Thursday and Sunday on this show, I'll be sharing research conducting interviews and reviewing articles on the importance of marriage and family for society. I'll also be releasing exclusive content such as spoken word poetry, allegorical short stories, and bonus episodes for subscribers. Friends, God did not set us up to live life alone. The truth of the matter is that every minute of your adult life that you wait to marry is a minute of your life that you're not spending with your life partner. While some might be content to live with the consequences of this arrangement, I would argue that those who wish to spend as much of their life as possible with their mate are perfectly within reason and soundness of value to do so. It is my deepest hope that this podcast inspires Generation Z to pursue marriage, become the best spouses and parents the world has ever seen, serve with furious intentionality, love well, and discover the joy of hanging the moon for another. To access my sources, subscribe to the show, or get your copy of my latest book, visit anchor.fm slash seth-hensley or check out the show notes of each episode. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 103 of the Restoring Rapport podcast. We're super excited to have you guys here today. This is a show about keeping marriage and family as central goals for young believers and prioritizing relationship in a world of many distractions. And we have officially crossed the line of 100 published, edited, uploaded content episodes for you guys to consume. You've been so faithful in listening. We're super appreciative. If you guys have not listened to the episode where we discussed all the uh, breakthroughs that we had this past year, 2022, be sure you go back and listen to that. Again, you guys uh, upped our follower count by 157%, uh, top 30%, most most shared globally. Um, You guys gave us, we published 61 episodes, over 61 episodes. Um, and over 1,600 minutes of content. So a lot of work went into this this year, guys, and I'm so grateful for you guys choosing to listen. Um, We've got a really special episode planned out for you today. Instead of just me and Landon talking to you guys today, we are going to be doing a roundtable discussion where we get get three guys together, me, Landon, and Adam Adkins, who has not been on the show yet. You're going to get to hear him today. We're just going to talk about an article by Jordan Peterson starting off, and then from there, we're just kind of go wherever the conversation takes us. That's how we're going to do it. So we're going to pick up where we left, left off last week. But Adam, is this your first podcast? Have you ever been on one before? Yeah, no, I've never been on a podcast before. But yeah, so this is my first one. All right. And honestly, I'm not even familiar with the content. So this is going to be uh, this is going to be a true test of wisdom here for me. Yeah, because hey. it's off. It's all right, man. <laughs> don't worry about it. Both of us here, me and Landon, we don't claim to be experts or anything. We just talk about issues that we think are important to uh, society, particularly young people. So uh, just think of it from that perspective, which will be super easy for you. Adam, how old are you? I'm 18. He's 18. All right. So he's about five years younger than me. Um, Adam is in a relationship. He's not single. So he can give you the uh, not yet married young in a dating relationship perspective. I can give you the older single perspective and Landon can give you the younger married perspective. So slowly on this show, we're getting more and more perspectives uh, to cover for you guys and give wisdom from our particular viewpoint. So really excited to get into this episode, guys. Last week, we left off on talking about how sometimes single uh, only child families can uh, it can be a problem for parents because the child ends up becoming the 
uh, center of the relationship rather than the marriage being the center of the spouse relationship. So it can get a little out of whack there. If you guys missed that last episode, it was a really great conversation me and Landon had based on this article. Go back and listen to it. We kind of disagreed with Jordan Peterson a little bit. He made the argument that kids should be the ultimate goal um, and that the marriage should kind of take a back seat. And we, we disagreed with him a little bit there. Um, but again, we talked about him still being a great guy. His worldview is amazing. Uh, and we just talked about our perspective. So picking up today, we're going to pick up on his next paragraph, which starts here. He says, <clears throat> so what? You don't want to grow up. You don't want to, you, you want to stay a child. You want to stay an adolescent. Really? You want to stay an adolescent? Do you know anyone more miserable than a teenager? <laughs> Why would you want to say that? How is that possible? And you, maybe you say, I want to stay a child. First of all, you are not supposed to stay a child. You're supposed to become a child. That is a whole different thing. You are supposed to take all that wisdom of maturity, all that hard-earned knowledge, even the cynicism and skepticism, skepticism, the monstrosity that comes from being aggressive, all of that. You're supposed to transmute that into the spirit of play that inhabited you when you were a child. Uh, immediately right off there, when, I, when he's talking about that, I think of Paul's advice to the church. Um, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I acted like, I like a child, but when I became adult, I put away childish things. Uh, balancing that with Jesus's uh, advice to us saying that let the little children come to him and that unless you are like little children you will not inherit the kingdom of god that's immediately what i thought of um and here we have a secular psychologist with like 38 degrees saying the same thing that jesus and paul did which i find extremely funny and interesting but um great paragraph so far is there anything that struck you landon there before we move on well, um, I think it kind of ties in, like you said, with Paul. And when Paul says he put away the childish things, I think that ties into more of how we how we interact with other people and how we interact with people trying to give us wisdom. Yeah. Uh, as a child, you may let that go in one ear and out the other, and yeah. um, you know that that's not to say that we shouldn't have these kind of like what um, Jordan is saying here the childlike play. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that Paul was specifically saying that we couldn't have fun and we couldn't be, um, you know, in this fun world of make believe or, right. um, you know, being allowed to play. It's more about understanding how to interact with other people as mm. a, as an adult. I see. Uh, yeah. It's a really, it's a really hard concept for me uh, Adam, I'll get your thoughts in a minute, but it's really hard for me to understand because it, it's kind of counterintuitive. You're saying become a child, but you're also saying put away childish things. Um, and, you know, Landon, I think that's a great point about the social maturity that comes from growing up while also keeping the imagination and the creativity of childhood. Um, but, I mean, the title of his article is, uh, marriage is the Why Marriage is the Highest Form of Play. He uses the word play. So it's not like he believes, um, you know, childish things are bad. Play is a very childish thing, um, it, which is where it gets a little muddy for me. I think playfulness is great to have in a relationship, um, in a marriage particularly. But in the end, I think there is something about being able to have the social maturity, like Landon said, enough to think of the other person. And I think children are very self-centered. I work with children for a living every day. I go to a public school, and they are not very capable of viewing the world beyond themselves, and they don't even understand that there are other people with other feelings. They have to learn that empathy and that understanding. So right. I think that's kind of part of the part of the good news of growing up and the importance of that. But um, 
I don't know, it's just a complicated issue because here we are, you know, receiving advice from Jordan Peterson and Scripture on staying like a child, being childlike, while also putting away childish things. And it's a very hard balance to strike there. Adam, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, so um, when I was first thinking about this, I think I'm, I misread or kind of misheard the article. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking as it, as it being your relationship with Jesus. And that is honestly probably not a bad thing. Mm. Um, because a child, you got to think, they take things very simple and very realistic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I feel like as an adult, you we tend to um, overcomplicate things. And Thank that you. is one of the reasons, and I know this is not um, entirely for marriage, um, but that's one of the reasons why the gospel gets misconceded more of nowadays than any time ever is the fact that it's so simple. Mm. So that's, I feel like in this sense that when we become a child, we have to kind of, it's kind of like we're taking a step back mm. and we're looking at it from a different and more of a real light. You know, it's like, yeah. how did, how did Jesus die for me? That, yeah. that is so good. Um, you hear, I hear a lot of this from uh, Michael Knowles, Matt Walsh, they talk a lot about like um, one thing Michael says is like when you were a kid, you thought all people who were bad were in cahoots with the devil. Mm. And then you grew up a little bit and you thought, well, that's stupid. No one's in cahoots with the devil. Right. Then you get even older and you realize, no, they actually are working for the devil. <laughs> and he's like, when you were a kid, you had it right all along. And, uh, you know, it's just it's a funny way, like kind of like what he's saying here. Um, we all, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, OK, Jesus died for my sins. Then you get a little older and you're like, well, I mean, he said, I am, I am, but what did he mean by that? Mm. And like, what, what exactly were they trying to say? And it's like, when you were a kid, you had it right. And you, you, now you feel like you have to dive so deep into it. And it's like, it's not that deep. You just, you had it right the first time. So So, Adam, you're saying, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, I feel like just to add, is is it Peterson? Is that who it is? Yeah. I feel like what Peterson was getting at here is that you're taking on the wisdom and the maturity that you have gained as an adult. However, you're also taking that step back into simplicity so that you can fully understand it, but also process it, process it the same way that you would as a child. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So let me, let me, let me just recap what you said there. You, you cover a lot of ground. So you you talked about uh, one of the benefits of remaining childlike is seeing the word through the world in a simple way. And particularly you mentioned the gospel there, seeing the, the work of Jesus on the earth in a simple way. And as adults, we can kind of overcomplicate it and really delve into, um, you know, the deep thinking behind why Jesus said what he said, the reasoning about how the world works, this, the nature of morality and all that kind of stuff. We can go down these rabbit holes and get so distracted that we lose sight of the original simplicity of the gospel. And you're saying that, um, in marriage and outside of marriage that being childlike is good because it helps you see the world in a simple way. And when you see the world in a simple way, you're able to make decisions. Well, is that what kind of what you're saying? Absolutely. Okay. I feel good. like you know, that, that's what uh, people a lot of times just get themselves into trouble. You know, they just, yeah. they, they get too concerned with how to do things and whether yeah. it be in your marriage or in your walk with Jesus, raising your child, no matter what it is, you know, they just, they're not looking at it from a, a more simple perspective and then they just, they try to do it on their own. And yeah. It's, it's going to suck. It really is. It really is. Uh, the, 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 when I naturally think of 
the word play, I think of it as a positive thing for a relationship because the couples I know who have the most healthy connection are very playful with one another. Uh, it's that's not a, that's not a quality that's absent in their marriage. They're very uh, the the people that I go to um, as mentors and have gone to as mentors for you know about three or four years now are very playful in their marriage. They joke around with each other all the time. There's this very lighthearted air to the way they interact with one another, and I think that's something really irreplaceable. Uh, in a marriage, I don't know about you, Landon, but you can probably give us the married perspective on that. What do you think the importance of play is within marriage, particularly? Uh, I know we've talked about how it's important in lots of areas of life, but what's the what's the importance of marriage in, uh, or what's the importance of play? I'm sorry, in marriage, particularly. Hi guys, this is just a quick reminder that you can use the link in the show notes to send me a voice message with a comment or a question. Yeah, um, it, it's really interesting, you know. I'm I'm not even the best to speak on this being so newly married, mm-hmm. um, but from my point of view, I can tell you it it's a it's a tightrope, um, mm. you know, especially in certain ways that you may see with uh, some couples. Like for me and my wife, our play is is very uh, back and forth, you know, banter. It, ironic jokes, yeah. Um, yeah, a little bit of banter together, and you have to make sure that you're walking a uh, that line very closely um, because you have to remember it's it's hard to it's easy to forget who it is that you are bantering with mm. um, you know when when you're with somebody for every minute of every day um, it's really easy to lose that sense of uh, gentleness mm. with your wife and um, that's something that I've dealt with is that when you start to play and you're going back and forth with your wife, you have to, sometimes I have to take a step back and be like, okay, this isn't just a buddy. Like this isn't a buddy from work or something. You know, she, she may not react to these jokes in the same way that, you know, my, my brother would, or so you have to be careful with that. You have to make sure that you're being gentle enough to where you're not going to, you know, really hurt your wife's feelings because right. obviously you don't want to do that, but that is something that could happen. That's really good, dude. Um, and again, I just want to just—I'm so glad that you're able to give that perspective from the other side of marriage because I mean, Adam and I, and you know, we're single dudes. We can't, or we're not married yet, so we can't address. We can't, we don't know what that's like exactly. We can guess, we can speculate, uh, we can get the stories of other people, but we can't speak from personal experience. So, I'm really grateful for you and your ability to do that. And I totally agree with what you said. Uh, I think a lot of people have different understandings of play and definitions of play and experiences with play. And like you said, you know, growing up, play with your brother meant kind of playful jabs and uh, snide remarks about maybe a shortcoming that he had or something as a joke. And that was actually not a harmful thing. It was more like a sense of camaraderie was built there, maybe a sense of, hey, I have a shared history with you. I know what your weaknesses and strengths are, uh, that kind of thing. Whereas with a female, with a a woman, uh, it's different because the relationship between a husband and wife is not the same as a brother relationship. You know, there's different dynamics going on there. It's your life partner. It's somebody who is literally closer to you than anybody else in the world. And that relationship can be... I don't want to use the word sacred, but it really is in a, in that sense. There is a sacred element to it that uh, play doesn't have to be jabs and pokes and snide remarks like that. It doesn't have to be um, banter in that sense. Now, it can be maybe that looks like some some marriages. Maybe that's how it looks. But um, I would imagine a lot of times the way I imagine play is 
uh, very lighthearted engagement and the ability to interject humor and um, smiles into things and just be to, to work together on whatever is happening, uh, be it work, be it, you know, entertainment, be it recreation, whatever's happening in the marriage, be just be able to interject that in there. Um, not so much as banter, but it's like a an escape, a sense of relief from the stress of life. Maybe might be an, another way yeah. of describing it. One of the things that comes to mind when we talk about play um, with with my wife in in particular um, is like uh, sometimes you want to. What I've found works for me is taking it back to like that middle school crush. Mm. Um, you know that, that cute flirty yeah um you know just just saying corny little yeah. lines to yeah that's your good. wife and, you know she may sometimes she may blush and laugh and sometimes she may roll her eyes and be yeah. like shut up like you know but that's, that's all part of it <laughs> you know that second part <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all part of it you know you have to you have to take it in stride and yeah um you know also just uh Whenever she's walking by in the house, just give her a little whistle, or yeah. you know, and, and <laughs> that may not work for that may not work for everybody, but right. you know, just little things like that that that's just going to lighten the mood. Yeah. It uh, helps you not build up resentment, mm. um, especially because you don't know what's going on in her head. You mm. could be sitting there in the recliner and she's cleaning and she's thinking, "Oh, this this guy, he don't do anything around the house, and he's just a lazy." punk and yeah. you're sitting there and all of a sudden you just give her a little you know you give her a little whistle and she's, Suddenly uh, the atmosphere changes. she's like oh come on like so yeah. he, he is paying attention to me yeah. you know it's yeah that's good man that, like yeah, yeah yeah i like what you said there starting off that that sentence and adam made a comment too that i thought was funny but you said uh that flirtation shouldn't really end you know, post marriage, you talked about going back to the middle school, middle school days and keeping that flirtation element still present in the marriage. And, you know, when you listen to, I listen to a lot of marriage counselors and they all say that flirtation is not a bad thing to have around once you're married. It really is good to keep around there and, um, just maintain it. And sometimes that takes intentionality because, you know, you're, you're doing life with this person. There's frustrations, there's uh, busy things that of your schedule that get in the way, but keeping that flirtation as a uh, constant daily thing, uh, even if you have to force it at first, even if you have to get yeah. in the groove of making it happen, it's just, it can't hurt your marriage. It really can't. It only and helps. I would, say, I would say that it also happens not only within marriage, but just in a long-term relationship. Yeah. You can find yourself getting complacent and, um, mm. you know, just taking, taking this relationship for granted and, what you really have to do is because you see this person all the time yeah, uh, and, and you, what happens with our messed up brains is whenever we see someone for so long, we no longer have that image we had of them when we first met them. Mm -hmm. Right. And that, that can be damaging to a relationship because you start to think back about that first time you met. Yeah. And, and it was just like, the heavens were singing and yeah. you know, and it's like, Oh, where's that girl at? But yeah, you have to be intentional and you have to look for those things that you saw in the first place. Right. And because if you don't look for them, you won't see them. Right. That's good. And actually, and just to build off what you said is whenever you go to look for those things, you'll actually find most of the time, so long as they built a relationship in the Lord, that those qualities that you first saw whenever you met her, they've matured. And they've flourished and they begin to blossom. Mm -hmm. And since you, like you said, grown complacent, you might be blind to that. 
Yeah. And so that's a really important thing. And I know this isn't about play, more of just appreciation that yeah. sometimes you just got to take back and, and just think, wow, you yeah. know, this is yeah. what, this is what I needed. You know? Yeah. If you're not being intentional, intentional with it, then you don't see change as a progression, but you see it as losing the things that you enjoyed in the beginning. Right. Yeah. So those things that you enjoyed in the beginning, you aren't seeing them progress. You just don't see them at all anymore. Yeah. So you so really true. have to be intentional to look for the progression. Hi, guys. I want to take a quick break and tell you about an opportunity that you guys have as listeners to become subscribers of this podcast. Now, in order to become a sub, all you have to do is follow the subscribe link in the show notes found in the description of each episode. And when you subscribe, you'll get access to exclusive material, including additional interviews, all of my spoken word poetry pieces, all of my dramatized allegorical short stories, and even more of my article readings. Okay, so lots of content will be available to you that won't be available to anyone else. Subscribing to the show only costs five dollars a month which is less than most people spend on their lunch at work every day okay so you won't even notice it disappearing from your bank account if you enjoy listening to the show and you're looking for an opportunity to financially support the content you care about this is your chance okay follow the link in the show notes to become a sub thank you so much for choosing this show to listen to and now without further ado let's get back to the episode That's so true. So important. I mean, that's what's when you when I see a lot of uh, sometimes older marriages, couples who have been married 60 years or something like that. I mean, those are the ones sometimes where it's almost a different level of um, honestly, a lot of the times I don't envy their connection because it doesn't seem to, it seems to be missing that playful element, that flirtatious element, that uh, spark, because sometimes what happens is over the years. Now, again, I'm not married, so I can't speak to that from this to this from personal experience but a lot of times what i think happens is they that that fire that they stop putting wood on it and it kind of goes mm -hmm. out from just lack of nourishment and the, because they don't take yeah once it goes out it takes more energy to restart and that's something that a lot of people don't take the effort to do but it's so worth it guys it's so what i would want to encourage you with today is it may be hard to interject play into your relationship it may be hard to uh, spark and get that wood to light for those of you who make fires you know how this works it is you can't just take a match to a log and expect a, a roaring blaze you, that's not how it works you start small newspaper kindling uh, tiny pieces of wood you build a structure where it can breathe and slowly slowly but surely you build up to the bigger logs and by that time you have a fire that provides you with so much warmth and value and in the end you're you're so glad that you had it you're so glad that you took those small steps in the beginning and i'd say it's much the same with uh, keeping play a central goal in your marriage keeping a light-hearted fun flirtatious environment central in your marriage and adam i'm sure you can speak to this from the from the dating perspective uh, would you say that 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 perspective is valuable dating before marriage as well keeping that light-hearted nature I would say it's almost just as important for a mm. very um, particular reason. Um, and I can, I, I will go into how my experience with Haley is, um, but I'd say that at right now it is very important because, I mean, even though me and Haley have been together for two years, which is, I mean, it's a pretty good time, yeah. pretty good amount of time. That's good. We're still figuring each other out. Yeah. You know, and I yeah. told her, and obviously now we're about two, I will say we'll, we'll be two years in February. Okay. So of course I've started to think about marriage, but what I told her and what I'll tell other people is I've dated her for 
uh, two years without, of mm. course I have intent to marry, but I haven't been looking for marriage qualities. Mm. And I told her now, uh, I've got a timeline where I want to start looking at marriage qualities. And mm. of course you want to be with someone that's fun because otherwise you're going to be miserable for the rest of your life. Right. You know? Right. And yeah. we do, we do have fun, but the thing is, is Haley is a, is a gentle person, you know, Landon knows mm -hmm. her. Um, and in all honesty, I wouldn't want to treat her any, in any kind of way that would demean her, yeah, um, right. out of, you know, a playful manner. So I think that like the line that he was talking about earlier is a very thin line to walk. Yeah. And with me and Haley, we tend to just stay away from it. You know, we yeah. tend to not walk that line. I would rather, I'm not saying everyone's different. Right. Like I'm, I'm not even saying anything like that because yeah, yeah. I know some people, they'll just call each other names that I would never yeah. call anyone, you know, yeah. and you know, that's their relationship and their convictions are their convictions. But, yeah. um, as for me and Haley, I, anytime that I want to play with her, it's always in a uplifting manner, you yeah. know, that's because great. first of all, too, I know that if I say something that you know, it brings up her shortcomings or her, you know, anything like that. She's going to be mad at me and I don't yeah, want that, yeah, yeah. you know, for sure. Right. She's going to be mad. So it's yeah. very important for in our relationship that we keep, uh, keep an uplifting manner. And even in your friends and stuff, like I always hate those guys that just sit there and pick at you and like point out all your bad qualities. I mean, who wants to be with someone that, yeah. you know, right. demeans you 24 seven. Right. Wide is so the road. Yes. Wide is the road that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way that leads to the kingdom of God to yeah. eternal life. And I think it's really much the same with the play thing. It's something you you do not want to go without. You do not want to go without play in your marriage or your relationship or your dating relationship. But at the same time, it's a hard road to walk. You kind of have to learn with your partner, with the person, what yeah. a successful yeah. version of play looks like. And you do that over time. Yeah, so. And, and it's always changing as well. Absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the temperament of your wife can change. Even for me, my temperament can change um, on a week-to-week -week basis. So mm -hmm. play that may have worked and, um, you know, not really got on anybody's nerves last week, I may have to take a step back and look at that in a different light next week. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And that's purely because... There are things that may be going on day to day that if uh, if I bring something up and she doesn't like it, I, I have to be able to adapt. So so you have to be very flexible with your play and be be allow yourself to uh, take criticism and take subtle cues from your partner yeah. to uh, make sure that you are doing what makes them happy as well. And Absolutely. I'll say that is very important in marriage. But it's also as equally important as in a relationship for a different reason. Because once you're in marriage, you're you're locked in. I mean, yeah. I know that that's not a belief for you know a lot of people in this world. Yeah. But as a Christian, as a believer, you're 100%. locked in for life. Yeah. And so, from this perspective, from dating, you want to see if you know if your personality lines up with theirs, even in a playful manner. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not gonna be with somebody who won't play around. Or who doesn't mess around. And that was actually a struggle of mine and Haley's from at the beginning of our relationship that we were able to overcome because we realized that we wanted to be together long term. But, you know, that's something that you have to evaluate in your relationship uh, when you're dating is yeah. that do you want to be with this person? Maybe they're too playful. Maybe they play in the wrong way. Maybe they don't play at all, you know. And you've got to take a look at your personality, their personality, and then you want to see if it's even uh, a 
possibility of a compromise or of change in the future. And and that's something that you can only do while dating. You can't do that in marriage. You got to change. Right. True. And I think that is something that you learn, like like we've been talking about through time, uh, because you can't just, you know, immediately meet somebody and start... uh, and know basically exactly how to play with them in the best way. That's something you learn how to how to do uh, throughout the course of the relationship. So, guys, we are out of time today. This has been a really great episode. I've already gone five minutes over, but I don't regret it at all because uh, this has been some really good conversation. Thank you guys so much for listening today. If what we do on the show re- ministers your spirit or gives you specific insights that help you in your day-to-day life, reach out and let us know what you thought through the link in the show notes. You can send us an, a personalized audio voice message telling us what you think of the show or the episodes, giving us comments, questions, thanks, anything like that. If you're also interested in what we post on social media and online, you can follow the Restoring Report podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Thank you for uh, coming on the show, Adam. It was an honor to have you, Landon, as always. Thanks so much for being here, guys, and we will talk to you all next time.